0: Hi, everyone. This is Jennifer. Welcome to the Corporate Flight Attendant Podcast. I was a corporate flight attendant for six years, and I tell you the brutal honest truth of this industry. Today, we are discussing my experience doing the Kentucky Derby. I've discussed it in parts, but never fully. These one-day super events are an absolute nightmare for private jet crews, and you will find out why today. Besides the Kentucky Derby, new FAs, we have to, right, if we're a new FA, we have to accept all trips at that point in your career because you have to show that you're flexible and you're ready and that you want to work, but you also have to beware of these one-day events and mentally prepare yourself for absolute chaos, the feeling of being on all day, exhaustion, and annoyance. Other events to be wary of are Saturday college football games, the Masters Golf Tournament, Super Bowl, that's probably the worst, and I've never had to do it, and anything during a presidential election season that's major. Now, let's say that you get an offer to do Super Bowl, and that charter or owner wants to fly in on Friday and party all weekend, the game's on Sunday, and then they don't wanna leave till Monday. That's fine, you're good. And a lot of times Super Bowl is in really good places. I actually don't follow professional sports, but my husband does. So I see every year You know, the the Super Bowl's in Arizona or the Super Bowl's in LA or something like that, warm places. So that's a good trip. But when you have the one day, that's the key, when it's a one day trip, super event and you're only going in for one day, it is absolute chaos and you're going to hear why. So I got the call to do a trip and dispatch is so smart because they won't tell you it's for the Kentucky Derby, the Super Bowl, etc., because they know it's such a pain in the ass, most FAs will turn it down. So they'll just say, oh, it's a trip to here, or they won't even say where it's to and I think that's what happened in my case. They didn't say where it was to. So it's just like, oh, sounds good. Sounds great. I am not a horse racing or professional sports person. So I don't keep track of sporting events. And I accepted the trip without knowing. I finally realized what I had done. And I was like, fuck me. <laughs> but the damage was done and I had to do it. And I should have known better because I was an experienced FA at that point, And I couldn't believe... I made a rookie mistake of accepting the Kentucky Derby. I was like, are you kidding me? With a one-day super event like the Kentucky Derby, plan on a ton of alcohol for the packs or passengers or they will bring it on. These are the days where the trust fund babies and nepo babies show up with their entourage because all of them get together and charter a private jet. So these aren't the super rich kids that are on private jets all the time. These are the people that save up for maybe two, three events a year, and they are so excited to be on a private jet. They take photos in front of the plane. They are just excited about life and good for them. For Kentucky Derby, I was prepared to make the drink of the Kentucky Derby called a mint julep, but I didn't have to, and I will explain how I got out of that nightmare in a second. (laughs) The morning of the trip, I do my regular duties. I prepare everything and lug it out to the plane, I set up everything including the drinks and I only did mimosas because I didn't want to be making mint juleps for 13 people for two and a half hours because a mint julep is a drink drink and you have to put several things in it and it's a pain in the ass versus a mimosa where it's just champagne and orange juice. It's not a big deal. So I had everything ready. I had this beautiful display of little finger foods. I had the mimosas, all 13 of them spread out on a beautiful silver tray, and then the pilot comes back and says there is a mechanical issue with the plane. And of course, the packs arrived an hour early. Pilots <laughs> the pilots were nice enough to help me take everything over to the new jet because we could not use that jet. It had too many mechanical issues. Luckily, there was another jet we could use on the tarmac, and we had to take everything, all the catering, all the alcohol, absolutely everything over to that new jet, which obviously took time, took time out of my prep. And of course you have to roll with it. This is what aviation is. Things happen last minute all the time. You can't complain about it. You can't roll your eyes. You can do everything in your head. You can be fuming in your head, but don't let the pilots see it. So just roll with the punches with that. So the new plane was finally up and running. And the packs walk across a tarmac to the jet. Of course, they take photos. And they come on with tons of boxes of alcohol that we had to really pack into cargo. And I mean an insane amount, you guys. I mean, I don't know how 13 people could drink this much alcohol. I, I don't drink, so I don't know. But <laughs> it was pretty intense. They were friendly enough passengers. And the main guy, the lead packs, he seemed Okay. They blasted the music the entire time, actually, the song Old Town Road over and over, which was fine. A few of them started to vape, which they shouldn't have done. But, and I should have stopped it immediately, but vaping is a gray area. And technically, if an owner allows, you can vape and you can smoke on a private jet. It happens all the time with casino flying or flying with the tobacco companies. During this trip, one woman was pumping breast milk and vaping. Yeah. Overall, I found them a touch trashy, but some of them were nice. They drank like fish, as you would expect. And I was constantly on my feet making drinks, serving them, which is fine. That's my job. There's nothing wrong with that. You've got to expect that, especially if you're going to a party event like that. I can't remember serving them much food. I don't remember much about food. I think they had little finger foods, but they weren't really eating that much. And that was pretty much the whole two and a half hours. Uh, Before I move on to what happened when we landed, I want to say that in this situation where you're doing a party event and it's turning into a party plane, you have to make sure you are monitoring the alcohol consumption. Because God forbid someone is too drunk and you cannot get them off the plane in an emergency, that is your fault. That is going to be put on you. So I was on a trip where a passenger came on. It was not the lead packs. The person was so drunk that the pilot would not let them fly. And he said to me, he said, listen, if there's an emergency... We can't help this person. And if they get aggressive or anything worse, then we're screwed. And he said, It's on me. It's my reputation. And it's my reputation, too, as an FA. So I agreed with that 100%. And I really learned from that. So definitely make sure you're monitoring things. In this situation with the Kentucky Derby, I felt that these people weren't out of control. Like they knew how to handle their alcohol, they were professional drinkers, they were not getting aggressive or mean or feisty or anything like that. So I didn't feel that I had to step in and stop anything. So we land and the real chaos starts. Because the other planes on the tarmac have been there for days and this is such a crowded event, we have to land on a runway that is so far away from the FBO or private jet terminal, it's in no man's land. I mean, serious, I have never seen anything like this where you park that far away from the FBO because I'm used to the private jet life where you just swing up to the FBO or, or you stop on the tarmac and the passengers hardly have to walk or they're walking to a car, so it's not a big deal and the car comes to the plane, whatever it is. I couldn't, I just couldn't believe this. <laughs> So then the packs have to wait for the FBO shuttle van to take them to the FBO where they then meet their transportation to take them to the event. This is because you can't have all these Ubers and taxis and car services all over the tarmac. You, I mean, that would be absolute chaos. Planes cannot land. They cannot take off. So you have to make sure everything is monitored by the FBO. And That shuttle van just took forever to get them. So after they finally leave, they get in the van, they leave. I clean the plane and the pilots do their checks. And then we have to wait again forever for the van. And the van comes and brings us to the FBO. Driving to the FBO, it's absolutely insane to see all the planes lined up on the runway. And we were definitely the last plane. We were either the last plane or the second to last plane because of that mechanical issue we had in switching planes. We arrived probably, we were the latest one to arrive. So we were all the way in the middle of nowhere. So then we finally got to the FBO and it is an absolute madhouse with crews everywhere to the point that you see pilots and FAs sitting on the floor because there is no room inside or even outside the FBO. I had to take the catering boxes into the FBO because the plane would get too hot. And once I was in the kitchen, the workers had a whole setup for storing food, which was very smart. So I gave them the boxes and in exchange, they gave me a number like a ticket, right? Almost like a coat check because there were probably thousands of catering boxes The FBO had set up a big wedding tent with tables and chairs and a catered lunch for all the crews. It's garbage food like yucky barbecue, cheap hot dogs, and chips with all the industrial seed oils, all that crap I can't eat. The pilots, they wanted to eat lunch and talk with the other pilots from their company, and that was fine because I knew everyone. Everyone was super nice. I actually had fun doing that the pilots uh, were making fun of me before accepting the trip because they're like, hello, Jen, you are an experienced F.A. You should know better than to accept this trip. And I said, I know, I got screwed. I screwed myself. They're like, you should have checked that this was a Kentucky Derby. You always check. And I said, I know, I got screwed. I screwed myself. (laughs) So here's a tip for a one-day super event. If you're a healthy eater, like I am forced to be because of my autoimmune disease, Bring your own cooler of food. I wish I would have done this. It would have made the day so much easier and so much better. And bring a good amount of food because you will be starving from moving around so much and expending so much energy. So when you wake up that day, have a good full breakfast and then pack a large lunch, snacks, and a large dinner. The pilots and I finish lunch and they want to return to the plane because it's so freaking crowded and they just want to rest which I was happy about. I understand if you're into the party scene and you just wanna see FA friends or perhaps pilot friends that you haven't seen in quite some time and you wanna catch up or you wanna network or whatever you wanna do. I get that. Uh, If you want to do that and you want to stay at the FBO, then you're going to have to really prepare in advance for getting back to that plane because it's gonna take you a while to get back to that plane. So, I was really tired at that point. I was happy that we were going back to the plane and we were waiting forever yet again to to take that shuttle, right, to the plane. The pilots and I made sure to go to the bathroom one last time because we were going to be on the plane for hours and the pilots will not turn on the plane for just the lav or bathroom. I guess if it was an absolute, absolute emergency, they would but... But they won't. So I think even the pilot told me, hey, you know, just make sure you go to the bathroom and that's that. So once we returned to the plane, I remember reading a book in magazines because the cell signal in no man's land is non existent. So prepare for that, guys, too, besides the lunch. If you're going to be sitting on the plane for hours and your cell signal's not working, you can't watch a movie. I guess you could download a movie onto your iPad. I guess you could do that. Absolutely but just prepare for reading, uh, prepare yourself with magazines. Perhaps you've downloaded podcasts, perhaps you've downloaded the Corporate Flight Attendant Podcast. That's always a good one to do. You can binge binge this podcast. So there you go. (laughs) But just make sure things are downloaded and you are prepared. I don't really remember what the pilots did, but I think they napped. Yeah, I think they did. I feel like they took turns napping on the couch. I think one was actually napping in one of the pilot seats and one was napping on the couch, but they did their own thing. We didn't really talk a lot. They just wanted to be you know, quiet and calm and left alone, which I wanted the same thing, so it worked out for everyone. My second tip for a one-day super event is if you have inflammatory bowel disease like I do or you have IBS or something where you can't be away from a bathroom for hours, then you may have to stay at the FBO amongst all the chaos and just know that. I was lucky at that time because I was not flaring with my ulcerative colitis. If I was, well, if I was, I probably wouldn't have accepted the trip. But let's say I was flaring a little bit and I just had eaten lunch, I would have had to stay at the FBO. Sorry to be graphic, guys, but that's just the reality of life. (laughs) And if anyone else has Crohn's or ulcerative colitis, you can always check out my other podcast, Ulcerative Colitis Autoimmune Healing Journey, and you will love it. Okay. But anyway, if you have that situation, just know that that plane is going to be turned off for hours, and for you to get to a bathroom in a normal amount of time will not be possible. Finally, it was time to start prepping the plane for departure. The captain called the FBO for all the necessities, including the catering boxes I guess he must have said the ticket number. I don't remember. I think that's what happened is he said the ticket number. The pilots fired up the plane and we could finally use the bathroom again. Hooray, I could finally pee. (laughs) The packs returned in the FBO shuttle which of course took forever and they won a ton of money on betting and were in a good mood. So on the way home, there was more Old Town Road and more alcohol and more, you know, fun craziness. However, I did tell the lead packs that they could not vape anymore because I was starting to feel it. My third tip is if you get offered an FA job where the packs smoke or vape, I would put your health first and not take the job. If you are aware of the situation beforehand, it's a totally different situation. If they get on the plane, you have no idea that they're smokers or vapers to be enclosed in a metal tube for hours with vaping or tobacco is horrendous on your body. After this trip, I actually became really sick with a terrible chest cold and I had never had any lung issues before in my life. And I had a lung issue for about a month because of this trip. So I will never be around the vaping again. Um, I would have told the person to stop if they were charter. But the problem is what happens if they're an owner? They can do what they want on their own plane. So it's, it's a very tricky subject, right? I have to say they gave me a large tip, which I greatly appreciated. Most charter passengers don't tip these days. I've heard rumors that they do tip and that the tip is included in the bill and that the charter company absorbs the tip for the crew. If that's true, I can't wait until a pilot or FA investigates and sues the shit out of the company or companies. I would not put this past the charter companies because they are all about money and I hate to say this, and I think you guys know this from me talking about this so much, many of them do not care about their employees. They definitely don't care about the contractors. Maybe they're full-time employees if you're doing NetJets or VistaJets or something like that, but their contractors, they don't really give a shit about. So the fact that they would be stealing from contractors wouldn't surprise me. I'm just putting it out there. That's all I'm saying. If anyone gets mad at me, (laughs) I'm just here to tell the truth. That's all I'm saying. So then we land and the packs leave, thank God. I clean up a little because the cleaning crew comes in and does a thorough cleaning, so that was nice. It was a long, exhausting day, and then I had to drive home on top of it. So just, again, be prepared for that. It's it's a lot to do. It's a long day. It's a big day, and you're exhausted at the end, so just be prepared. If this is something where you think it's really going to take a lot out of you, you may want to think of getting a hotel right by the airport, which they're not gonna pay for. That would be out of your own pocket. You could use points for that if you just need to rest and relax and then drive home the next morning. So think about that as well. Was it worth the daily rate to take this trip? Yes and no. Yes, because I used this story for this podcast and I got a really good tip, so I was really happy about that. No, because I never accepted a trip like this again. I've turned down Super Bowl a couple times and the Masters, and I believe the Preakness. If you like that nonstop atmosphere and the constant party in the FBO, you'll love it. This is something that certain people really enjoy, so you will like it. I'm not one of those people. So here is my fourth tip. There was an F.A. who was in a different plane from the same company, and she loves hospitality. She ordered balloons and arranged fancy mint juleps and made the plane look like a party. She did an amazing job. If you love this part of the job, you will love the one day super events. I don't. Like I want everything simple and easy and I'm done and I make my money and that's it. That's how I think of (laughs) that type of job. But if you're someone who is the absolute hostess with the mostest and this is the part of the job that you love, you'll love it. Unfortunately, I think most. Charter passengers don't care or appreciate the extra effort. For an owner, if I knew we were flying on their birthday and they like celebrating their birthday, I would go out of my way. I would decorate the plane in some way and have the crew chip in so we could buy them a present. It looks good and it helps me keep my job. I was on a crew where I flew, I was a contractor that flew the owner on his birthday. And the lead flight attendant and the chief pilot presented him with presents. And what do you get, a billionaire, right? But whatever, you just have to do something. And he was so happy about that. That made his day. I mean, I've never seen the guy smile that much. So, you know, for that, it looks good. It it gives you some points with the owner. But that's the only reason I would do it. But for Charter, I'm personally not into it unless the company makes me do it. I <laughs> I'm really... I will go the extra effort if I know that charter client and they're nice and let's say they've given me a good tip in the past or something like that. I will do that. But most charter, it's not worth it. They don't even notice it. I'm just going to be honest with you. So I want to talk about the ways you can support this podcast. Number one, the Corporate Flight Attendant book. It's a brutally honest guide to your dream job and it reveals all the necessary information to succeed in this business. Including acing the corporate flight attendant interview, where to train, what a day in the life looks like, salary and daily rate, et cetera. I updated and revised the book for 2023. I added an interview, resume, cover letter, chapter, and I go deeper into the day in the life chapter. And at the end of the book, you will receive my CFA lists bundle. I have a master's degree in creative writing. Thus, I assure you, this guide is not bland or boring. In fact, it's filled with anecdotes and stories. It is $14.99 or $15. I would prefer you buy it on my website because I make more of the money. So the link is in the show notes. It is on Amazon. So if you'd like to buy it on Kindle, you are welcome to. If you do buy it on Kindle, all I ask is that you leave me a good review. If, and we all know five stars is best, Uh, (laughs) if you leave me a good review, if you like the book, because that really helps me sell the book. And I always say that it's better to spend 15 US dollars than to spend thousands on training because you don't know what you're going into. So spend the $15, you know what you're going into, you decide if it's for you. If you're a newer FA, you get so many more tips that you haven't heard in this podcast so it's all extra things that i do not talk about here the second way to support this podcast is my cfa strategy session if you are an aspiring or new corporate flight attendant who needs guidance and a leg up let's do a video conferencing session in this session i answer any question you have I will review and discuss your cover letter and resume and or help you create a polished cover letter and resume as well as provide any necessary advice. A session for the time being runs 60 minutes and your investment is 125 US dollars. So cut the line and put yourself ahead the pack so you can get started on your CFA career. So yes, this service and my book supports me and supports this podcast, but it also supports you on your CFA career journey. Now, I know there are many of you who listen to this podcast who do not want to be a CFA. You just like listening to the behind the scenes stuff. If that's you, here's the third option. You can donate to this podcast any amount I love. It is such an easy, fast thing to do. I have my donation link. I use PayPal, Apple Pay, good old-fashioned credit card. I have a Venmo, anything that's quick and easy for you, you donate, and then you immediately get an invoice for your donation so you can use that for taxes. All right, so there you go. I am dropping the next episode on Friday, June 16th, 2023. Until then, happy flying.